Hi, welcome to the Parenting Bridge podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Alden, a licensed professional counselor, parent coach, and family therapist. And I'm here to help you to build a bridge to your best family possible. Today, I just wanted to talk to you about kind of the social language aspect of of things that we do with the Healthy Foundations Family Program. I talk about it in my book, Parenting Emotionally Distressed Kids. And I I really think that we underestimate how powerful social language is, how powerful language really is. So let me just tell you that a lot of the kids that I work with and a lot of the the parents that I, I work with have kids that have some pretty significant issues in the way that they're processing. So their social language skills, some kids seem like they're okay, like they're, they, they can talk a good talk. They can sound like they know what's going on. I see this especially with some adopted kids. They can sound very mature and, and such, but when you really ask them what they're talking about, you know, what does that mean? It can kind of break down. But I also see that most of the kids, especially if there's been trauma or if they're having problems with other things in executive functioning, they're not processing things at the same speed. And so we learn how to cope over time. So if your your kids may have learned to like cover that by saying, I don't know, or asking again, like what, you know, or giving some kind of, you know, vague or superficial answers, but they may also just need more time to process if you're asking them a question or if you're, you know, asking for an answer. You know, I was recently working with a, a kid and I asked him to, I said, you know, what are some things that we're working on or something like that? And his first response was, I don't know. And I said, let me give you a minute to think about it. And then the parent was continually saying, well, remember about this and know about this. And I see that when we, when we're playing games and some things like that, that parents will often fill in the answers or other kids in the family will fill in answers, but it's okay to, to, just, you know, we're just going to think a minute. And sometimes I'll tell kids, I'm like, you know, make it up if you need to, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking for an answer, right? Like, and so I don't just settle for the, I don't know if they ask what a lot of times I will wait and let them think about it because they're just doing that to kind of pause. So just be aware of that when we talk about language and social language skills, that there's a piece of it about how your kids are processing and how much time it takes them to process. So the other thing that we do in our program and that I recommend that parents work on right away is getting a a good response. So having your child to say, yes, yes, mom, yes, dad, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, is really, really important. It's not as effective and it's not going to be as good if they just say okay or I have a lot of kids tell me like why do I have to say yes mom I'm doing it and so I say you know that's great that you're doing it but I just want you to say yes mom and it actually helps the brain and rewires the brain I I know I've done a video on that before I don't want to spend too much time on it but it is kind of the early part that we do in the program so when we start working on social language skills we work on that good response right off the bat. But the other piece of it that sometimes we don't get to as much as I would like to in our in our 12-week or 90-day program because we're working on safety issues and other things and so we don't often get to to this part of it, but I've been bringing it in earlier in in a lot of the families because I think it's a part of the social language that really helps. 
And that has to do with manners. And so I really want to talk about this tonight because one thing that I that I see kind of across the board is that as adults and parents, we're especially worried about our kids being disrespectful. And we have this word, respect, that gets used at school. It gets used, you know, by parents, like that's disrespectful, that's rude, don't say that, don't talk like that. I have kids tell me like, um, you're not respecting me, you know, so I like to find out what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to be respectful? What, how do you know if someone's being respectful or not? Because most of the time we, we don't like what someone said. And so we think it's disrespectful, but really like it's, it has more to do with like the way something is said, right? Like I can disagree with you respectfully, or I can disagree with you without, with respect. Right. And so our kids are really honed into their negotiating skills, most of them, which is the arguing, right? And we're kind of honed into our lecturing skills of like, you know, and giving reasons and things like that and and using words like, you know, don't be rude or you're being rude or don't be disrespectful. And so in your thinking about it or with your kids, you could even, you know, talk about like, I, I know I've said this to you that you're disrespectful and I'm just wondering, like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be disrespectful? What does that feel like? What does it mean to have to show respect? Like, how how do we know if someone respects us? And a lot of times it comes down to kindness. So early on in the program, we'll talk about using kind words. And so if somebody says something mean or calls a name where we're playing a game and we're practicing social skills, you know, I'll, I'll say use kind words. And that that seems to be better than, you know, don't be disrespectful to your sister. It's like, it's just easier. And it just seems to matter more if we say something like use kind words. So, and sometimes we just say that wasn't kind, you know, and we move, we move on. But when we're working more on the manners part of it, I want to break those things down. You know, so the very first thing that we talk about in talking about manners is all about talking. It's about interrupting. It's about how we we ask for something, how we say something. So a lot of times I'll make a good word list and a bad word list. And it's the bad words are not like swear words or, you know, like I don't write those down. I don't think there's any need to do that. But we'll just say like, you know, we'll put the obvious things like, you know, no cussing or, you know, we'll say like on the, on that side of things, you know, on the, on the words we want to stop using, it might be cuss words, name calling, you know, some of the obvious things, but sometimes it's things like, this is an interesting one on both the good word side and the bad word side. I will have, I don't know, because I don't know is a bad response, but I don't know. And I need help is a very good response. So if they're just using, I don't know as a filler or to kind of, you know, just give you an answer, that's not what we want to do. But if they are able to say, I don't know, and I need help, that's a whole different thing. And in order for them to say, I need help is huge. So I never take that lightly. It's like, oh, that is really good. How, how can I help you? What, what can I do to help you? You know, don't take over and do it for them, but just, you know, let, getting kids to be able to ask for help, it's definitely on the good word list. So the other thing is, is whether it's, you know, like traumatic autism or the executive functioning in their brain, or it actually really is autism, severe ADHD. Kids scripting things out, like letting them know what to say. If someone gives you a compliment, did you know that all you have to say is thank you? You don't have to say, oh, yeah, no, this old shirt, like, I, I, oh, yeah, no, I, I got it really cheap or whatever. It's like we don't have to, you know, when someone says, oh, I like your shirt, 
we get flustered, right? We don't know what to say. Our kids are the same way. They don't, they don't know what to do a lot of times how to give a compliment and they don't know how to receive a compliment. So sometimes we start with just basic, like we go back to kind of toddler ages of like when to say thank you and, and when you don't have to say anything else. It's like if someone says something nice to you, all you have to say is thank you. It can relieve a lot of anxiety for kids to have some of these things scripted out. So there's, you know, you can look on the internet or if you have taken our parenting class, you have the workbook and it has some different ideas on, on things that you can do for social stories. And some of it is just some basic manners. Like somebody, you want something, how do you make a request? Like you can teach your kids, you know, to make a request, this is what I want it to sound like. So when they say, give me some more milk, you can say, oh, can you ask in a better way? Or you can say, would you get me some more milk, please? You don't even have to say ask in a better way. You can just say, would you get me some more milk, please? And have them practice that. It's like, okay, you try it. It's like, no, just, you know, get it for me. I don't want to do it, you know, whatever. It's like, I, I'm not under any obligation to get you it if you don't address it the right way. Also, I would just encourage you as, as parents, because we, we all get lazy in our families, really watch how you say things. You know, I have a lot of parents I've worked with over the years that are really upset if their kids swear. They're really upset if they're demanding and if they don't use please and thank you, but yet the parents don't do it. It's kind of like, I see this a lot, you know, where like a, somebody grabs something out of someone's hand and then you grab it out of their hand and say, don't grab things out of people's hands. So you want to model this in your family. doesn't mean you're going to talk perfectly to each other all the time. No, but you want to model how, how you want to be treated, how you want them to say things. It's not going to work if you just say, I don't like that they're not respecting me but then you're having these arguments and these lectures and you're kind of going back and forth as if you're on the same level as your child. So I want you to show them what you want them to say. What do you want them to say? I say this a lot to parents. What do you want them to do? What do you want them to say? Rather than don't talk to me like that. Don't just grab it. Don't just do this. Don't just like, okay, what would you like them to do? Put this in my hand, please. Put that on the table. Go sit down. Much easier than stop doing this. Don't do that. So and that's, it's part of manners, but it also helps their brain to process differently. So you can practice this. I think a really good way to practice it is to tell your kids, hey, we're going to just kind of work on some basic manners and we're just going to try it. And if we can work on some, like if you're going to just spend a week working on table manners at the end of the week, you may take them to a restaurant and say, okay, so we've been practicing our manners. Here's how we do it in a restaurant. We had different levels of degrees of what kind of restaurant that may look like. For some kids or some, some families, it may be fancy enough to go to like a buffet, right? Because you're going to teach them, you know, how you're going to set the parameters of what you want that to look like, how you want that to do. So that's a really good reward after working on a unit or two on manners. So you may do like our family, kind of our place where we would practice our better manners was at Olive Garden. That was kind of our our practice, I would go at like two in the afternoon when it wasn't really busy. I had five kids and they all knew how to order. They also knew how to ask like what would be appropriate to order, what kind of the the range was, right? So they weren't just looking at the most expensive thing. I did have one kid that liked to do that, but you're looking, you know, you're giving them kind of the parameters of like, we're going to order. 
and you two are going to share something and you two are going to share something or we're going to order three meals and we're going to all share, you know, however you're going to do it. But we would set all that up ahead of time. And it would usually be after we had been, you know, working on something, you know, specific. So that's one aspect of manners that you can teach. And it's and you can make it fun because you're you're working on that. I've had other families that have told me that they they don't mind the chaos that's happening at the dinner table and it's not they like they don't want to make it where the family can't just talk and visit and stuff like that. And that's fine. I'm not asking for that. But I think that the dinner table is a good place to practice that we all sit here for a certain amount of time. You may have to have a timer so that it doesn't go too long, but it's a good place to practice, you know, you know, passing, you know, how do you ask for something? Don't reach across. How do you get help? It's just a good, a good place to practice. So that's one place. But I think a lot of manners just really start with some simple talking things. I see a lot of kids that they haven't learned that they can't just come into a room and already be talking to you. It doesn't matter to them that you're already talking to somebody. A lot of kids will just talk over whoever's talking. So teaching them to not interrupt, have a way to use an interrupt rule. For some kids, they can come up and put their their hand on you and th- and wait, and they have to wait till you acknowledge them. It's actually disrespectful and rude for you to interrupt a conversation you're having with somebody in order to, to deal with your child. It, gives, it sends your child the message that they're more important than anybody else, right? Like they're the center of every everything, and so they have the right to just barge in, you know, with, with what they have to say, but it also helps to teach impulse control when they have to wait. So it's like, it's okay. It's like, I, you can, you can, you know, let them know, like, you know, I see you. And then you want to make sure that, that when it's a time when you can be polite, that you can say, excuse me, just a minute and ask them what they want. So teaching that kind of pause and waiting. And I think it's best to do it as a family, like, Hey, we're going to work on this. And it doesn't have to, I know that like, when my kids would all be excited and talking about stuff and like when we're all together, even now, like there's some interrupting that happens in normal conversation. You can't have conversation just be like person A and then person B and then person A and then person C. You know, it's like you want to have some give and take. But what I'm talking about is kids that just they don't they're not even aware of what anybody else is doing. Like it's almost like that. There's a meme that talks about what is my mom doing besides being my mom? Like you know, like you, there's nothing else in in their world, but you should just always be available. But it teaches them to be able to pause and to listen. But what it helps them with social language wise is that from there, then we can teach them how to enter into a conversation. If you're having conversations like around the dinner table or things like that, they learn how to to enter into conversations in a productive way, and we can actually you know, I work with kids on social skills. We can actually just teach that, you know, like, hey, if a group of kids are all talking and you want to be friendly, like, how can you do that? Like, how can you wait for a, a way in? Because our a lot of our kids really struggle with that. And, and a lot of the anxiety comes from not knowing how to deal with those situations or how, what they can say or what not to say. So teaching those social skills are really helpful at home. And you know, it may seem really basic that you're having to remind your child, like, you need to say thank you. And I think it's fine to give those kind of reminders at times. But I really prefer if you really, like, they need to think about it, right? So if you're waiting to hand them something and they're like, what? It's like, I'm waiting for you. And let them think about it or giving them the sentence. I want you to say, 
may I have that, please? Don't just grab it out of my hand or, you know, whatever it is that you want them to say, which means you have to think about it. You know, what do you want them to do when they're angry? What do you want them to say when they need to take a break or when they're really mad? You know, it's like, don't just say, I don't like it when you say I'm, you know, pissed off or whatever. It's like, okay, so then what do you want them to say when they're really angry? Because they want you to know that they're really angry. And sometimes the only way they can get their point across is with the words and the way they say their words. So, and that is still safer than them showing you, right? So think about that when you're thinking, I don't like this. I don't want that. What can we exchange for that? What, how do you want them to say that? How do you, Think about this. In your family, how do you want people to be greeted? I have had some families where they always get up and, you know, walk somebody to the door. Other families, it's like, hey, okay, see you later, you know, <laughs> and people leave. Does somebody go to the door? Is it okay for your kids to be yelling from any part of the house? Like, come in, you know. <laughs> Is it okay for your child to go to the door and let somebody in? So that's all part of manners, but Slowing our social language down and thinking about how we want to express ourselves, it's becoming a lost art. And I can attest that it is one of the reasons why we're losing so many other, I think, executive functioning skills that we need in our society, because I don't think we're putting the emphasis on these language skills. And it's a huge part to how our brain is functioning. Saying yes, mom, keeps our brain from always going to that impulsive negativity being able to know how you're going to connect with somebody when they come in, how how your family does it. I had a rule in our house that when someone came home, they needed to find somebody and say that they were home. And if people were busy doing something, it's like, oh, hi, mom, I'm home. You know, let us know. Don't just, you know, go up to your room. And that was for the adults too. It's not okay that we somebody comes home after being gone all day and we don't even bother to say hi to them. You know, and I, I've seen tons of families like that where nobody even says hello, you know. So these are little things that are not too hard. And if you make it kind of a family project and you just work a little bit at a time where you can, you know, starting with those yes moms and and working, you know, and, and please and thank you. Remember that your teenagers need this work, too, because their executive functioning skills are lower because their frontal lobe is is growing. And so they may have forgotten how to interact in appropriate ways. And it doesn't mean that they're going to do it with their friends. You know, I've had kids tell me, well, I don't talk to my friends that way, you know, and I'm like, that's fine, but I'm not your bruh. And you can learn also how to talk to adults. It really was not that long ago when kids, even if they talk to each other differently than they talk to adults, they didn't talk that same way in front of adults. And for sure, not in front of like women and children, right? But now in our society, it's like everybody has like forgotten, you know, what it's like, just basic polite and kindness. And it will help them for every aspect of their life, including making friends, including talking to teachers, including bosses and all of that. And we need to teach that in our families because that is our first place of language, you know, and so this is a really big part that does kind of go hand in hand with with building safety and connection and all of the good things that we want to see happen when we want behaviors to change. So if you have any questions or comments, be sure to leave those for me and I would be happy to answer anything you have. Remember that you can subscribe to our YouTube channel or our this podcast and get updated every time something's released. And look for more tips in the book, Parenting Emotionally Distressed Kids.
Thanks for listening to The Parenting Bridge. Do you want to learn more about building a bridge to better behaviors? Pick up a copy of Dr. Michelle Alden's new book, Parenting Emotionally Distressed Kids. Or for more resources, you can click on the link for Healthy Foundations. If you would like to leave a comment or a question for Dr. Alden, there's a link in the notes. We'll see you next time. And remember, things can always get better.